0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We all have choices in life, picking people up or putting them down. Coming up next on the JT and podcast, JT and I will solve all the world's problems in 37 minutes and 37 seconds. Devontae Adams and Draymond Green are in hot water for knocking people down. It's a defensive tackle's job to knock quarterback's down, but they're getting in trouble for it. Alex Jones and other wackos are making millions punching down and putting people down. We'll talk about that and more. Much, much more as lazy copywriters write. That's coming up on the JT and Looney podcast. JT and Looney podcast. Did, I just, did I just mispronounce my own name? First, I have to do this live read without sounding like I'm reading. And I won't sound like I'm reading because I'm a broadcast professional. It'll just sound like I'm talking. Football is back. Week six of the NFL. Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup information, player news, and game trends. It's your continuing source for all your sports wagering info. That is Bet Online. That's where to go. Online features live betting, free contests, live scores. And not only can you bet on the NFL, which is always a lot of fun. NBA, Major League Baseball, MMA, the sweet science, boxing, tennis. <laughs> and you can even bet on golf I could never say that with a straight or gay face Jeez. Uh, I'll put a hundred dollars on Brandon woo at the Zozo ah had to bet online now Betonline.ag. if you join up and you've never been there before you join up you'll get a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit put $100 down and BAM You'll have $200 in your account. Got to use the promo code, though, Believe, B-L-E-A-V. That's the Believe Radio Network spelled B-L-E-A-V. Make sure you spell the promo code right. And then, bam, they'll match your first deposit. Pretty cool. Bet online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. Episode 147. Hey, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I just walked the dog, which is probably the best part of my day. Other than seeing my beautiful wife's face every morning, it's walking my dog. So I'm sorry I'm a few minutes late, but it's the only thing that can bring me down after a daytime radio show with a one in four football team. Right. I find myself screaming and yelling. And on this podcast, I could be more like John.
0: (laughs) That's good. The quiet man named John. That the T's all live with and know much better than the rest of us. We just know the the screamer, the rugby player, the in your face guy. But you know, no one's like that twenty four hours a day. Yes, it's, it's, Steve, it's, you know Stephen A. Smith. When you get together with Stephen A. Smith, when you, he's quiet. Oh, he's great.
1: He'll text. Yeah. Me. He'll be listening at night and text me, and he'll just call in. Yeah. Call in on my Mad Dog X M show. He's really, really, really doing well, man. That guy went that from. Great? Remember, we know the dirty little secret about him in radio where uh, some people didn't believe he was any good. Believe me, there were some people now that uh, think they get a claim and they think they're important in sports radio history. They're the same dopes who didn't think Stephen A would fit in well in the Midwest. Uh, We can't go forward with Stephen A he does he's just not good enough in the midwest oh, uh, so boy. again i digress i know i know you get nervous and start you know your heart <laughs> I when do. i go down that road but uh, <laughs> no, we have I nothing do. to lose anymore nothing to lose anymore how are you tom
0: oh I'm, I'm doing i'm doing well and there's no shortage of great things to talk about in society and sports and a lot of times on this show we tie them all together and sometimes we just talk about what we're watching on tv And a lot of times, it's not the million dollars we make from the podcast. What's enjoyable about this is uh, two friends talking to each other for an hour once a week. And a lot of times, when you take a look throughout the past, go back in the hot tub time machine to any duos in radio, television, comedy, vaudeville. By the time they hit the 10-year mark, the 12-year mark, or, or, or when you take a look at the Beatles, whatever, they're not mature enough to keep it going and to think of the friendship before anything else. Unfortunately, fortunately, we always have.
1: Well, I look at it this way. I have a new analogy as you have okay. a Marilyn Monroe Warhol. over your shoulder is I look at this podcast just like Warhol that I'm hoping that we do two, three hundred of these and they get parked somewhere in some cloud. And then 10 years from now, someone finds the cloud and says, oh, my fucking God, this is the best podcast I ever heard. Let's go pay a hundred grand a podcast and to listen to it. And it's like a Warhol. We like find it in the garage or we find it in the (laughs) closet and all of a sudden they go, man, even though everybody didn't think at the time this was just genius man 10 years from now everybody goes these two guys are cooking man they're telling us stuff that happened in real time every week that had everything to do from covid to sports to friendship to anxiety to happiness to some low moments that's what i hope comes with this
0: i'm sitting at mohawk Bend drinking beer on a friday night about uh, five ten years ago patrick o'neill from fox sports walks in and we started talking the last time we had seen each other actually we both had had an interview tmz years before and i said uh, i I mentioned how it was so impressive i sat down in harvey's office and there was a warhol on the wall and patrick o'neill said i knew andy warhol (laughs) like who who says that right i said sit down and i bought him a beer and he told the story about his dad the great actor ryan o'neill Uh, who was married to or lived with Farrah Fawcett, Andy Warhol had an obsession with Farrah Fawcett. And so Andy Warhol and the O'Neills and the Fawcetts would spend holidays together. And he was a kid. He He was a child, but he was talking to me about spending holidays with his movie star dad and his iconic stepmom and Andy Warhol. So and it's, it's a really good time
1: come. for me to tell the story, as you know, because the only person who knows the story is my mom. I'm sure my dad doesn't remember. My sisters were too young. I had a Farrah Fawcett iron-on pillow. <laughs> so I don't know if my mom did it because back then you can iron on stuff. Right. Right? You can happy. do that on the back of your jean jacket and, and take some rock band and do that. But I had a Farrah Fawcett pillow along with the iconic poster on the wall. So that just goes to show you because that poster still to this day is one of the most important iconic posters in the history of actresses and just beautiful women. It might
0: be the best-selling single poster of all time. All time.
1: And I had the iron-on pillow, which I don't know what that says about me at that point in time that I had to have the poster and the iron-on pillow in my bedroom wow. as a young boy who had my own room as my sisters on the other side of the wall shared a room.
0: Well, those who study these things says no one needs a nudge in one way or another when it comes to sexual orientation, <laughs> but that gave you a little bit of a nudge, don't you think?
1: I think that put me <laughs> on the track that I've been on my entire life. <laughs> iron-on pillow.
0: Now, well, I, I know this is um, it's visual for some people now who watch on YouTube also behind me is a J.R. Fell painting. You would like this because it involves World War II, and I know you love war. <laughs> I do. I love war movies. <laughs> and J.R. Fell was an artist during World War II, and we were, we were also involved in skirmishes all throughout Africa, etc. And he would paint camouflage. His job was, he was such a talented painter, he would paint all their stuff in the desert or in whatever setting they were in so it would blend in with the rest of the environment. And eventually he became a real artist, and this is an original behind me of J.R. Fell, who ended up being a, an art professor at Elmira College. Ooh, the first Elmira <laughs> mention were only five minutes in. I
1: hope the downloads are up in Elmira. They should be. They, <laughs> they could can have do. like a, a... In Elmira, I just envision a coffee house where they play our podcast oh, oh, yes. as, as beatniks are coming and people and hippies are coming and established businessmen and women and students are going, what's that playing in the background? Oh, that's Tom Looney, acclaimed <laughs> broadcaster in his podcast, JT and Looney, where they have an Elmira mention every podcast. They no have
0: under-over on how many minutes it'll take. And believe it or not, Elmira is... My mother fortunately was smart enough to tell us remember we are anywhere from 10 to 100 years behind the times because we would go out of town and my mother would take us to wonderful vacations i don't know how she did it and uh, we'd go to disney world when it first opened up and they had push button phones in florida well our phones dialed where we lived i said how come we don't have push button phones she said well (laughs) the city we live in is anywhere between 10 and 100 years behind the times but even though that is true uh We we finally have a coffee house on Main Street in Elmira. Look
1: the breaking up. news today is Devontae Adams of the Raiders has been charged. He's been charged with a misdemeanor assault for what happened in Kansas City after Monday Night Football, where a credentialed member of the media working for Monday Night Football uh, was there, and he was working with the crew, and he jumped in front of Devontae, and Devontae put both hands on him and threw him to the ground, pushed him to the ground, where this individual had the right to do whatever he wanted to do. Afterwards, he went to the hospital, he filed a police report, and now the NFL has another big decision on them. Let's talk about what the NFL is dealing with now. Sure. First off is concussions. Tua could be ready to play right now. They're scared to death to let him play again. The yeah, Dolphins, Roger Goodell, no one wants to see him play because they're nervous something else is going to happen. That's number one. And then the big topic this week before Devontae is the sack. Is it a roughing the passer or not? Where Tom Brady, again, people said, and even Troy Aikman made a comment that we'll get to a little bit later on in the podcast. But Brady was sacked legally, and there was a flag against the Atlanta Falcons that cost the Falcons an opportunity to go tie and win the game. And then with Derek Carr, not only was he not rough to the point where there should have been a flag, Chris Jones sacked him, grabbed the ball from him as he was bringing him Uh to the ground, recovered it, and they threw a flag for 15 yards. So the NFL now has a firestorm where the show, the talk on CBS Gail King in the morning and Hoda, like we always said, <laughs> when the gals of the view are talking about the NFL, right. that's not good for the NFL. And then this Devonte Adams thing, what a good guy he is. I mean, you want to talk about a Mount Rushmore current character player. They're now doing split screens on these debate shows showing him and Dennis Rodman when Dennis Rodman kicked the cameraman uh, back in the day. No comparison. On the truth.
0: It's, it's, no, it's no comparison. Not only that, it happened, and you played rugby. I played football at the highest level in Pop Warner in high school. Uh, when you he's coming off a football field where that's the reaction instantly somebody jumps in front of you push him out of your way that's what you do on a football field he had just been out of football field for three solid hours and the game just ended and he was very disappointed it was almost this kind of a football move somebody jumped in front of him he pushed him out of the way was it right no but it was also the instant reaction of a football player who was still emotional who was coming off a football field which is where that's what you do and also yeah you have to take a look at track records and this isn't a guy with any type of track record other than from everything we understand an impeccable reputation so he's not draymond green where this has to be all the eighth apology that ruined a game or ruined a friendship or threatens a franchise it's uh it's an accident and the guy kind of read it's not that it's almost anybody's fault the guy ran in front of him and mistimed it and he would have gotten run over anyway but instead uh, the reaction was a football player reaction to push and uh, it's not anything compared to the other the other assaults dennis rodman draymond green that we've seen
1: well it has a there's a lot of meat on the bone with this topic yeah. first off i don't want to spend a lot of time on what happened in kansas city but the raiders lost 30 to 29 and they had seven chances to win the game yeah, up 17 nothing i mean they, they could have really beat kansas city good and they didn't and Devontae at the end of the game juggled a ball that he catches 99 times out of a hundred clean. He's got like Iron Man glove hands. Like he never bobbles a ball and he did. So he was thoroughly frustrated on yeah. the final play of the game. He and Hunter Renfro collided, collided on the last play when one of them would have been wide open. It could have been a touchdown. The Raiders could have won. So his level of frustration was really high. You make a good point. He was leaving, leaving the field, going into the visitors tunnel where nobody I repeat, nobody is supposed to be in that tunnel other than the players. So the individual who got kind of run over and pushed to the ground shouldn't have been there. But Tom, the other obvious thing is Devontae apologized immediately in the locker room.
0: Immediately, and it was a good apology. You know, we always like to judge apologies and grade them like it's eighth grade.
1: But the bigger topic is is the NFL overreacting or will they overreact because the NFL doesn't like anything that gets into the mainstream media. If there's one thing you're going to take out of this podcast and remember, take it from me when it ends up on Fox news and CNN and the view and CBS this morning and the today show or, or the show, uh, Oh, Good morning, America, where George Stephanopoulos sometimes gives you hard news about nuclear testing in North Korea. And then today, yeah,
0: he made an incredible apple pie. today. Yeah,
1: he makes apple pies (laughs) and egg egg souffles. He likes to do that when they start talking about it. Most of those people on those shows know nothing about sports and know nothing. So when they start yapping it up, then the NFL gets worried about that. But the other thing is Devante should have shouldn't put his hands on anybody. Number one, he's very fortunate Once
0: you turn 18. You can't be doing that.
1: Number two, he should be very fortunate. That wasn't a woman. Could have been a woman with a short haircut, wearing a hat on backwards. Yep. Many women in that job would do a fine job. And then what he should have done. And again, it's not part of his character. He instantly should have helped the individual up. And the individual went to the ground because he did go to the hospital and he did file a police report. I think at the moment, if Devontae just would have knelt down and said, oh, my God, and picked him up, I don't think we'd have an issue here. But this guy filed charges and the charges are real. It's a misdemeanor. And the Raiders are on a bye week. So the NFL, as we record this podcast, has some times. They have some leeway to make a decision. Hopefully for
0: the Raiders, he'll get suspended for the bye week and he'll be able to play two weeks from now. And, And I think reputation counts. A lot of times it's not fair. We you and i have talked about reputation over the years so much and i had the reputation as a bad waiter when i first started out at the sidewalk cafe and i noticed once i got good nobody noticed I, they still all thought i was bad and i was in my 20s and i went wow this is what reputation is all about and since he has no reputation that's a good thing and i think the nfl and the good, roger goodell always takes that into consideration and he's the czar when it comes to handing out these penalties even when he says it's an independent commissioner, he's got a lot of, a lot of say don't you think that should count?
1: Yeah. And the biggest compliment I pay to Roger Goodell all the time is Roger Goodell doesn't drink and drive late in the middle of the night. Roger Goodell doesn't put his hands on anybody. Roger Goodell doesn't do anything wrong. He has to make decisions after players make mistakes, right? So the player makes a transgression. Ray Rice punches his fiance in an elevator in Atlantic city, Uh, An athlete takes performance enhancing drugs or drugs and they get in trouble. Roger Goodell didn't do that. He has to act on it, make decisions. And I don't remember a time recently where the NFL had so much to deal with. Daniel Snyder. I think they're trying to vote him out of the league. Oh, yeah. The John Gruden emails and John Gruden suing the league and what's going to happen there he's dealing with this issue now with sacking the quarterback is it a flagrant penalty 15 yards or not and then he's dealing with concussion protocol for me that's the biggest story the biggest story is how come it's 2022 and in 2019 2011 you know 20 you know 2003 we didn't figure this out we had neurosurgeons back then neurologists we had Well, we do know
0: in their defense, we do know a lot more now than then. Although we've seen the movies where they've known a lot more. No, 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 no. no, I'm
1: not talking about opening up the brain and seeing the CTE, no Uh, doubt about uh, that. It's the eyeball test. What's happening now is when Tua goes down and then he gets up and he wobbles, he wobbles and he's able to go back into the game. That's I call that going forward the Tua rule. So, from now on, no matter who you are in a game, you're a linebacker, you're a wide receiver. You get hit, you go down to the ground, your head hits the ground. Someone's going to see that and say, okay, get him in the blue tent, put them in the blue tent, and then we're going to pass protocol. Typically, that player used to come right back into the game. If that player, any position, can't get up immediately and staggers a bit, done. Don't even take them to the blue tent. Take them to the locker room. The league is scared to death after Tua, who will be famous for this rule, and that's what's going to happen. And then when they're in protocol for a week and they clear protocol, there's going to be some owners and some coaches and go, no, let's sit them out two weeks because we want to be safe. We don't want our fans mad at our team. And we don't want the commissioner pissed off at us because we let them play again.
0: Well, yeah. And two is not going to play again. And it goes to show you too, how bad it was. And they're worried about the way way it may have been mishandled the first time. He wouldn't have been out two, three weeks if maybe they would have just kept him out of the game the moment he staggered. Steve Berline was recently on TV. I had him on this week. Yeah. Oh, Berline, yeah, Yeah,
1: I talked to him too. This was a great guest.
0: Yes, and he was talking about how sometimes when he would go over tape with coaches a couple of days later after a game and, they, and he made some stupid mistake and they'd say, what were you thinking there? And he would say, I don't even remember that series because I got my bell rung before that. That's what they used to call it, my bell rung. So he would be watching the second half of a game and not remember any of it anyway.
1: I'll, I'll go to Brett yeah. Favre was in the news for some bad things about yeah, maybe yeah. misappropriation of funds for a volleyball Jeez. establishment in Mississippi. This is getting uglier by the day. We need a little bit more information on the details because we have a, yeah. a general idea of what's happening yeah, there. there those,
0: but- those texts don't look good
1: but i think Brett Favre as he said in the past i don't have the exact number he might have been concussed over 100 times yeah, not 10 you know, i mean 100 know. maybe 200 there are people that say this so uh, and, that and, brain- you
0: know people will say oh are you looking for excuses for Brett Favre no but there are, all the time over the years when we talked about reasons that people do stupid shit Sometimes there's great reasons. Sometimes it's their age, not an excuse, a reason. That's why Roger Goodell is a tough job. He's got to judge people, knuckleheads in their 20s, doing knucklehead things. Even when they've got their shit together, people in their 20s end up doing knucklehead things, and he's got to, he's got to punish them. And not, But now that we've got the knowledge that we have with concussions and people get their bell rung... We can't have them looking at tape on Tuesday saying, I don't even remember playing after that. We can't have that.
1: Speaking about maybe not remembering, it's a great segue to Herschel Walker, who's running for a Senate position.
0: That's not fair to him. And and
1: let me let me jump in and say this. I lean to the right. You lean to the left. We're both proud of what our voting history is. I've made some mistakes, some not whatever it is. This is not a political podcast. I can't believe in one of the most important times in the history of our country. It's always important. But the Republicans have an opportunity to take back the House and the Senate or to take back one of the chambers or not. Mm -hmm. And Mehmet Oz and Herschel Walker are running for major offices. I cannot believe it. I was talking to a buddy earlier today in Naples, Florida. Like, I always think the guy who's the vice president of Coke in Atlanta, who's never beat his wife, never doesn't have a police report, he should run. You look right, at the guy and right. go, hey, He he's from Georgia. <laughs> he's right. a vice president with Coke. He's got
0: money saved. He might want to serve his country. He's, yep. he's
1: a businessman. And we got to go with Herschel Walker. And I'm sitting there going, how dumb is this society? That's a choice. Memonaz, who's mostly in New Jersey, running in Pennsylvania, going up right, against right, an right. individual who everybody should beat nine times out of 10. And we're sitting there at this very important point in political modern history. And these are the candidates we have. It's ridiculous it's to me. My buddy no, agreed.
0: And it's and it's hypocritical in this way. No matter what your political beliefs are, in, in that we have people on both sides of the aisle who mock Hollywood constantly, and then are constantly looking for famous people, preferably Hollywood, to nominate. And it and it's and it's we're not taking our elections seriously when the only qualification to run for any public office is if you can win. You used to have to be qualified. Now if you can win because you've got great name recognition, people think they know you because they've seen you on television, you can get the backing, the funding and the nomination. And we're we're just we're not taking our elections seriously enough and that's too bad.
1: Well, what this is coming down to now, I think it's ridiculous. Ridiculous that Herschel Walker's running. But if I'm a Republican in Georgia, I have to show up and vote. I have to. even though I don't right. like Herschel Walker and I think it's ridiculous you have to go vote for the party. And that's what's happening in America now. It's rare that we get a great candidate, a fabulous candidate that you would even consider voting against your party and voting for that person because used they're to so unique. All the time. you're time. I know right. not anymore. And now you're almost forced to have to go vote. and that's what the left and the Democrats have going for them is they have more people to go vote. And if they're going to show up because they're pissed off enough about Roe versus Wade or there's other topics, they'll show up while as the other side of the aisle typically would say, no, I'll sit this one out or maybe I wouldn't. Now they have to vote if they want change here too. this political cycle. I live in Las Vegas, state of Nevada, and every single commercial. I'm not exaggerating in every block. If there's five, six commercials. Five of the six are political ads where one side is tearing down the candidate, the human being, telling them that they're repulsive and they're against life and they're against this and they crash the economy and this and that. It is so heinous. I'm getting text messages, television commercials. Fortunately, I don't pick up the phone. I don't watch commercials. I fast forward through everything and like to tape a lot of things. But Tom, it's crazy out here in Nevada. It's the wild, wild west
0: again. We've got a Republican running for mayor in Los Angeles who says he's a Democrat and he's white. And he says he's not. <laughs> First of all, let's get that out of the way because that's very funny. You would know, what? you you anchor the news. Uh, and he would be, I think he'd be an excellent mayor. The last businessman we elected, Richard Reardon, who was a Republican, but he's a West Coast Republican. No, rode on a float in the gay parades. He was a West Coast Republican, but nevertheless, he was also a terrific mayor at a, at a tough time when we had our earthquakes and got the bridges rebuilt, et cetera, he was tremendous. Rick Caruso also has a great history in working with, uh, working with a vast, uh, diverse group of people throughout his business career. Uh, but he's—it's—it's it's so strange what people will say. And, do it. and he, he joined the Republican or the Democratic Party in January. He says he's a proud Republican. Well, he's been a proud Republican for ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, a proud Democrat. He says he's a proud Democrat. So that's one thing we're not taking seriously. Uh, the thing that really bothers me is if you go back in the hot tub time machine and looking for the candidates that I didn't vote for. I didn't vote for Bob Dole, and I loved him. And I didn't vote for George Herbert Walker Bush. He was a World War II hero, and Anybody behind the scenes who ever worked—and this is an important thing—to judge people by, and I gave your wife the book. Uh, I think it was called *The Help*. It was people who worked in the White House put together a book about serving all the presidents back to Eisenhower. Everyone's favorite was George Herbert Walker Bush, number forty-one. So kind—he was a good person and very qualified to be president. Didn't vote for him. Um, and George George W. Bush—I was always impressed because his life didn't start till he was forty. He drank too much and he couldn't get his shit together. It's a really cool story, uh, and Reagan was amazing. And he was a movie star. He did everything. He was a radio guy and a movie star, and he was acting. And he loved politics. That's me. That's everything I like. And son of a life. I mean, he was a lifeguard. Son of an alcoholic. A great chicken soup for the soul story. Didn't vote for him, but God, I can go through the. And Nixon had ai I didn't. I wasn't. I was too, I was a child, but uh, has a great history. And he was. He came from nothing. He grew up on a lemon farm his dad owned a lemon farm and a gas station neither of which made any money and they lived upstairs above the gas station and so we've got a great history of wonderful republicans that i didn't vote for and mm-hmm. i used to just love all the candidates and then but now there's crazy people running and you sh- I, and it used to be that politicians would never want to wouldn't talk like talk show hosts now they're saying bombastic crazy shit like talk show hosts and some of them are trying to copy Trump, but it won't work because it never works. As you know, when you copy somebody else, it only works when you're genuine.
1: Well, I voted for a ticket that had Sarah Palin on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's another guy. I,
0: well, that's another guy I didn't vote yeah. for that I really liked. John McCain was a good man.
1: A jury in Connecticut on Wednesday ordered Infowars founder Alex Jones to pay $965 million in damages to the families of eight Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting victims and to an FBI agent for falsely claiming that the uh, December 14th, 2012 massacre was staged. This clearly I like to use the term Mount Rushmore. Uh, Alex Jones is on the Mount Rushmore of the biggest scumbags in American media history. And that is a long list. <laughs> Mount, Rushmore, Mount Rushmore is only allowed to have four. Right. He secured his space. And again, it comes down to conspiracy theories, which I don't like. I lost a fraternity brother on 9-11. I don't like any conspiracy theories. I don't believe in them. I don't like it. Sometimes they anger me. But when it comes to this one, the fact that this we're going back to 2012, not 1954, right. not 1878, recent American history. And these damages were awarded. And this scumbag who clearly has parked a lot of money, he made a lot of money trolling to the people that follow him. What a low life loser piece of garbage you have to be to watch Alex Jones for 30 seconds other than a news clip or something that goes viral because it's on world news tonight because he said something so insane that you'd have to look at it again. And the fact that he had an audience, a real audience, and some of these lunatics, not everybody, but some and many because of the size of his audience, believed him and let him stay on the air in the United States of America is repulsive. I feel for those families. I don't know what those moms and dads went through. I hope that we never know anything like that type of pain. I don't know what type of relief they got from this financially here. But this is a chapter in media history that needs to close. And we can never forget this guy. One of the worst pieces of shit in the history of media, in the history of mankind, Tom.
0: And who were the victims? He was going after people who had children. Yeah. It's Sandy Hook. You and I not only both have friends who've lost children and they will never get over it. Uh, I remember in the studio during commercials, talking to you one day at Fox Sports Radio, talking about my dad who died at 31. And you said... To me, You asked me, how old were you and your brother when your dad died? And I said four and six, and it was like I kicked you in the balls because mm-hmm. your boys were four and six when I told you that. And my grandfather, who was an expert on every subject known to man, the loudest guy in the room, the loudest laugh in the room, uh, I'm a chip off of his block, and uh, he could talk about any subject on Jeopardy, just like me but there was one subject he couldn't talk about his son my father and there's into i couldn't take any amount of money and neither could you i can speak for you on this i couldn't take any amount of money okay we'll give you a million dollars a year and tomorrow you need to go on the air and take off on sandy hook parents immigrants a, a girl who won a gold medal in swimming but she used to be a boy any i'm not punching down for a million dollars or 10 million dollars or 10 cents uh and it's i can't believe anyone would you got to wake up in the morning look in the mirror and say okay what can we do today to stir the pot we'll, we're gonna take off on the, the maybe the worst tragedy in the history of our country and we'll pick on the parents who are well pot conspiracy.
1: Yeah. and ah. there's, there's copycats, but not this dramatically. I mean, that right. this ah. was just heinous because Sandy Hook, imagining that Sandy Hook didn't happen when all the first responders, the police, the parents were outside the school as those children were massacred. And someone says Nobody that they who
0: saw anything that happened in there will ever be the same. I right. know there's video. Yeah,
1: but, but for I'm Alex Jones to say they were actors and it was staged, that's where it got crazy. If he talked about specific instances of that, yeah. And he went uh, down that road. It would be wrong, but everything was wrong. And I want to get off of him for a minute here, but sure. they're going to be copycats in this business because of the amount of money he made. And there are people leaving sports to go to politics. There are people leaving different genres of entertainment to and go a lot to of times
0: to punch down.
1: Yeah. to Punch down. And, and they make money like that, but it's a really good point that you want. I wanted to bring up about media today. You know, I talk sports a bunch for a living and sometimes when I'm wrong, it might take me an hour, 20 minutes or a day to realize it. And I have the opportunity to go back on all the platforms and say, hey, I got this wrong. No one judges right. me for guessing wrong or right on a score of a game. Right. When it comes to morality and it comes to issues that you stage and you do this to stir the pot about COVID or you stir the pot about politics or you punch down and you make it personal, what happens is these people have to go home. And if they do have children and a wife or a partner and they have to look them in the eye and then they have to come out of that facade and then go back to being a father or a wife or a partner and then go to the Little League game or get on a plane and go somewhere to give a speech, they have to turn it on and turn it off. And then eventually they could never turn it off. They become that conspiracy theorist. They become that scumbag that punches down. And that always happens. Eventually, it encompasses you. So say 20% of your life is fake where you're doing something to make a living and a job in media, and you don't really believe in that. And 80% is your life or the rest of it on how you live a good life. Eventually that awful 20% is going to become a hundred percent. I've seen it. Amen. And this guy's the worst of all time. And I'm so happy. I just wish this guy was behind bars the rest of his life. And we weren't talking about You know, nine hundred and sixty five million dollars in damages.
0: Anytime you talk to anybody who's had to live an inauthentic life, they talk about how oppressive it is. But to choose to live an inauthentic life Mm. is mind boggling to me. Tammy, but there's a few examples of this, which I know of from having worked in the business. I'm choosing one that won't get me in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> Tammy Bruce is on Fox News, and she was a, she was uh, in charge of the National Organization of Women. No conservative back in the day. President of the California National Organization, and great at stirring the pot as a liberal on KFI. Said some things about Bill Cosby and his wife, and got, got fired because Bill Cosby had more money than KFI. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she ended up getting fired, and somebody from Fox came. And said, "You're so good at stirring the pot. If you would say conservative things, because she's a great broadcaster, uh, you'd fit in just perfectly." So she just changed her her points of view on everything. How I don't understand how anybody could uh, live a life and, like you mentioned, look in the children, look in the mirror, if you're living it inauthentically.
1: I want to share a good story, a fun story about a road trip I went on for my son. And how it turned into a really cool sports story so last week and i flew to arizona state through phoenix tempe to go visit my son who's a sophomore at asu and i went with one of my friends very good friends is a client of mine on radio and he's a diehard husky fan of washington so we put this trip together four or five months ago he got the tickets we ended up getting hotel rooms close to campus and my son goes there so he couldn't wait to go see my son my wife stayed back she had to work and we went. I went with my buddy, and we got there, and we just jumped in on a Saturday morning. The game was early, 1 o'clock start. We had great seats behind the Husky bench, and Washington was a much better team. Ranked in the top 20. ASU, remember, Herm Edwards just got fired. Right. Program's a mess. ASU won the game. They played like this unbelievable game. Backup wow. quarterback came in through three touchdowns. College football. It was it. fun. It was fun. After the game, my son knew a player, so him and his buddies went on the field. You know, they stormed the field, and he waited. Right. And went down on the field, took a cool picture. We went to an incredible restaurant in Scottsdale afterwards, where my 19 year old son had a meal that you and I have, you and I have had maybe twice in our life, like oh, one wow, of those. Good
0: for him. Like um,
1: one of those meals where you'll remember the rest of your you life. Did
0: he appreciate it at 19? Because well, he like pizza at
1: 19. Well, he uh. He really appreciated it. Okay. Good. <laughs> it was, some, it was okay. that's as far as I'll go. He, hey, he really, role, appreciated. it's a
0: roll of the dice with kids, whether they're going to appreciate shit they should appreciate. Yeah.
1: But at the game, <laughs> so at the game, Washington the favorite and their seasons over now because they lost their second game. They're in the pack 12 where UCLA, USC are, they lost one game early, but they're fine. If they run the table, they can play. And their season was over. But at the time the game counted down and Washington tried to come back and lost I saw something that I haven't seen in a long time. Every single one of the Husky fans had their phone out and they were watching the Mariners game. They're all Mariner fans, right? They're Seahawk fans. They're Husky fans. And I think that the Mariners were down 8-1 in the game and they came back in one ten-nine. 9 So it was this gigantic fan base of over 10,000 people travel, even more. They probably had half the fans there. They went from the lowest of lows that you could see. Oh, my God. We just lost to ASU. They're storming the field. And then everybody around me is like, hey, uh, the Mariners got another run. Oh, the Mar- they're, they're, they're back in it. And these fans were so euphoric after being oh, scored down. It's kind of great to see. You know, I grew up in New York where it's Giants, Jets, Mets, right. Yankees, Knicks. Forget about Brooklyn. No one even. No, There's not a Brooklyn fan on earth. They're ghosts. But, you know, you have all these different teams and you're divided. I saw a community of sports fans hit rock bottom and within 20 minutes, euphoria of winning a series in Toronto dramatically and winning. I was walking out with my son and my buddy Tori, and I said, This is unbelievable. I've never seen fans go from a low to a high. Not in the same game, but in another sport. So I wanted to share that. It was really cool about why sports works. And if you're a fan of a city or a community or a region of the country, you have multiple opportunities with several teams to win.
0: There are certain places to live in the United States where you always feel left out. People who live in Seattle say that all the time. <laughs> they feel they feel left out a lot of times from mainstream media, from history books. People who live in Hawaii sometimes open up history books and never see anything about their state. And we even had a Hawaiian president, but everyone said he wasn't really Hawaiian. He was born in Africa. I mean, that that didn't even work out for them. A the guy who was born and raised in Hawaii became president, and then they got screwed over on that with conspiracy theories circling back to that. So it's great when Seattle fans are in any city, and when you're at a game, which which is great with our uh, with our technology now, you're at a game, or you're at uh, you know the the Kings have a playoff game, but you're at dodger Stadium, and all of a sudden the crowd roars because the kings win in overtime yeah, because people are watching. More... Oh, i love that love shit i love it
1: love, and it's good it. because you know that's what happens in october and thanks for listening to the jt and looney podcast this episode in october because hockey started last night as we record this the yeah. vegas golden knights beat the Kings, so hockey's underway baseball's in october where it's at its absolute best college football is flourishing Winner, move forward, loser, go home. I'm going to Oklahoma this weekend to visit my other son with my wife. And then we have the, the great story of all sports and the NBA, the NBA. I know we were going to spend a lot of time with Draymond Green as we wrap it up here. The Warriors are getting ready to defend with a player on their team that punched another player in the face. And the Warriors, and I'll say this because I had a lot of respect for the Warriors. And I know people in that organization, they kind of turned it over to the players To make a decision on this. And it looks like Draymond walked away from the team for a little bit, scolded himself for not being a leader. He's a star. And Tom, stars get treated better than role players.
0: Thanks for listening to all 39 minutes and 39 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. I know we said it would be 37 minutes and 37 seconds, but we went over. JT and Looney podcast is powered by Bet Online, where the game starts.